0: Hello, welcome to My Camino, the podcast. I'm Dan Mullins, and it's great to have your company. This is a weekly discussion about the Camino de Santiago, a series of pilgrimages across Europe. Pilgrims walk under the blessing of St. James, one of Christ's apostles. The most popular route is what's called the Camino Frances, an almost 800-kilometer or 500-mile walk from St. Jean-Pierre Port on the French side of the Pyrenees across the Alps and then almost right across Spain to the city of Santiago de Compostela. There's a majestic cathedral in the heart of the city, which houses St. James's remains. Indeed, Santiago de Compostela translates as St. James under a field of stars. Pilgrims of all ages and races and genders and religions walk together, sharing their journey of discovery. And a pilgrim can expect to meet Swedes and Germans and Brits and Scots and Welsh pilgrims, Americans, Irish pilgrims, Koreans, Kiwis, Australians, French pilgrims, Italian pilgrims and many others. You'll form friendships with strangers who you'll run into in the most unlikely places. You'll sit and sip coffee in some of the most picturesque places on the planet. And looking out to the horizon from O Osobrero, watching the sunset from the west after a gruelling climb to the top of the mountain then getting up early to watch the sun rise from the east in the morning. How will I ever forget the Spanish sunrise, the Spanish sunset? Walking, as I've said here many times, can be a great therapy. The slow movement across the landscape provides an opportunity to delve a little deeper into ourselves. A chance to take the time to be kind to ourselves in much the same manner as we're often kinder to others on the Camino. I haven't actually discovered why we're kinder to others on the Camino, perhaps even kinder than we are at other times in our lives. But perhaps it's as my guest Lindsay Taishinae said a few weeks back. He found the best version of himself walking the Camino. What a wonderful discovery. Perhaps it's the simplest of things. A pilgrimage can provide an opportunity to find a form of peace that peace may be coming to terms with grief. Actually, as an aside, I read somewhere this week in an article about the Queen, Queen Elizabeth, she said once, grief is the price we pay for loving. I thought that was a brilliant insight. Anyway, just thought I'd throw it in there. (laughs) But it's a lovely sentiment, isn't it? Grief is the price we pay for loving. Back to the pilgrimage and peace. Peace for you might be like Lindsay Taishanay, finding yourself. Or perhaps you walk the Camino to pose a question to yourself. What's next in my life? Should I go back to study? Should I buy that business that I've had an eye on? Finding your own peace. What a blessing. What a miracle. What a journey. What a pilgrimage. There's a great quote from Thich Nhat Hanh, the Vietnamese spiritual leader, poet and peace activist. He said, the miracle is not to walk on water. The miracle is to walk on the green earth, dwelling deeply in the present moment and feeling truly alive. (laughs) Amen. My guest this week is from the northwest of England, just outside Manchester. Sean Gallagher came up on my radar when someone sent me a link to his YouTube videos. He's on the line. Welcome, pilgrim. Well, thank you, Dan, and it's good to be, good to be with you this morning. Yeah, I, I read on YouTube that you've been walking Caminos for 21 years. How did the Camino come into your life? Right, well, it came to my life in 1999
1: when I was 50. That for my 50th birthday, I wanted to do something, something different. I have done a lot of um, long-distance walking in England, Um, and there are parts of England which are very good for for walking. For my 50th birthday, I wanted to walk uh, on the continent, I suppose where we may be guaranteed better weather and just to do something different. So I I found the uh, Camino Frances, and I can't honestly remember how I I found it, but the motivation for going was really to do a long-distance walk rather than to do a pilgrimage. So I had five weeks off work and travelled down to Saint-Jean-Pierre-de-Port with the brother-in-law and my two sons. I've got four children. And my two sons, Matthew and Danny, um, they came with me. And they walked with me for two weeks to Burgos. Then they returned home. And then I carried on by myself to, to Santiago. Although a friend did come out, so a friend called Keith, came out um, to walk the last, the last week with me. And it was from then that I was really, uh, became hooked on it and wanted to do more walking on the Camino. So for the next 21 years, from until 2019, uh, I have walked on different routes in the Camino. Um, Not always to Santiago. I've, I've been to Santiago. I've walked into Santiago four times. But I've done many walks, when many years walking, when I may have just been in France, or just been in Portugal and not even got into Spain or even into into Galicia.
0: Mm.
1: So for about six years, it was really just walking on the Camino routes in France. So what I say is that I've done it depends what you mean because people say they've walked the Camino. I have walked into Santiago, like I say, on four occasions, but for twenty-one years I have been walking on the Camino routes the routes that are available in France, uh, Portugal,
0: Italy, uh, and Spain itself. So where were you when you turned 50? Uh, I was actually in Burgos. Right, so Uh, that that was when your sons were still with you when you turned 50.
1: They were, right, yeah. yeah, yeah. I was 50 on the 1st of April, 1999, and uh, my sons and my brother-in-law, Graham, uh, they were with me, uh, so had a, a really nice meal outside the, the cathedral in Burgos. And uh, then they, they, they went back home then. I was very lonely, actually, after, the, uh, w- after they left. And uh, I, for the next um, 10, 11 days, I was walking, walking by myself. And I, I did find that difficult at first. Uh, until I got into it and then realized, you know, you, buy, you meet people, you walk people, some people one day, maybe another group another day. But w- one thing about it then, that I didn't collect the the stamps. Oh. So I hadn't realized about the the um, Compostella and the credentials. So I was getting, I did start then to get some stamps in my guidebook because using a guidebook from the confraternity of St. James. And it was only actually when I got into, into Santiago that there was um, a German group and they had a, like a, a group leader and a guide. And um, so I just met up with them and was having drinks with them in Santiago itself. And they, I said I'd, I'd explain that I didn't get the Compostela because I didn't have the um, all the, the, the information needed. they hadn't been getting the stamps on the way. So this guy, I can't remember his name, but he... He said, "I'll sort that." So we went to the Camino office. I mean, in those days, I suppose there weren't as there obviously weren't as many people. Uh, there weren't big queues like there is there is now yeah. at the office. And he just they knew him very well because he was he like organised groups um, from from somewhere in Germany, and uh, he he took me in and he said, "I've I've, been, I've seen this guy walking on the Camino, you know, for the last." two or three weeks, um, I can vouch for him and they and they let me have the they let Uh-oh. me have the Compostella just on his his word. Oh but wow. one good thing one good thing then about having the Compostela was that and I don't know when it stopped, was that you could actually boot if you boot your flight home and I presume it was to anywhere, then the Spanish airline give you fifty percent off your ticket to get back home. So I hadn't got a return ticket because I we'd actually travelled by train to san jean pierre de port but i flew back then from santiago but because i had a compostela um 50% off 50% reduction in the price of
0: the flight flights home <laughs> i didn't know that that's yeah. a great story
1: No, uh, well, but i don't know when yeah. i don't know when that stopped
0: yeah i don't you know? know either that's the first time i've actually heard of that in more than 200 interviews but i'll i'll look into that i'll yeah, look did into you it see when it stopped yeah yeah um i'm yeah. really interested to to get i want to get to your videos in a moment but um you also do talks about the camino um why do, why do you think it's it's sort of found a resonance with you you might tell us where you do the talks and what you talk about but i'm i'm probably more interested in why you you sort of think it's it's sort of become so important to you
1: well that is I mean that is a difficult question I mean a lot of people here my my family they associate like the Camino with me and I, I have um like Camino shells around the house I've got one at the front the front porch and uh, there's obviously a lot of photographs and uh, around the house of the of the Camino so I think it's just become part of my part of my life and what I tried to do was so like the first the first walk the first Camino was with um I say a brother-in-law and two sons. So each year that I'm walking, what I do is I tell people what I'm doing, where I'll be, and I, and I say where I'll be each night. And then I give that to family and friends. And most of the time, um, family or friends are actually walking with me. I do have some some weeks by myself, some days by myself. But in general, I've got family or friends who are walking with me. So I mean, obviously we try and meet meet up and links with other pilgrims, other people who are walking, uh, but it's it's also become something where I, where I'm able to share time with them um, with my own friends and friends and family. Yeah, yeah, how lovely. So tell us about the talks that you do. Well, this is mainly to because of my interest in it. I've got some, um, you know, the. Uh, PowerPoint slides, some photographs, and just explain to people. So he, it, it's probably not if it's the same uh, with you, but over here there are a lot of small community groups. I mean, there might be parish groups or just groups of walkers or just groups of people who meet and invite different speakers. Um, so it's usually just for an hour or so. So I go along, I just talk about the Camino and uh, answer questions. And quite a few people have actually um, walked the Camino uh, because of that. And some people have, uh, a few people have actually have actually walked with um, myself. They just said, "Well, when are you going?" And I said, "Well, this is this is what I'm doing." I think a lot of people are worried about; um, they don't want to do it by themselves, or mm. they're afraid of making that first step. And I think yeah. it's trying to get across to people that you know anybody can do it. You know, you can walk as far as you want to walk. You can. Get your well. Nowadays, you can get your bags carried if you if you want to. Um, you don't need a compass. You don't need maps. Um, you just follow the follow the yellow arrows. Uh, the people you meet are always friendly and very w- willing to uh, offer help. Uh, you know, in terms of where where's a good place to stay, um, how far how difficult the walk is, how far it is to walk yeah. in a particular way. It's just so easy to. To do it, and I mean, even if I—I I don't actually speak any Spanish or French, um, or, or Portuguese. I don't. I'm, I'm pretty useless on foreign <laughs> languages.
0: Uh, but uh, I've always got by, and uh, never really had any any issues. It's a lot easier these days with Google Translate as well, isn't it? You just—you can always just look well, it
1: up. <laughs> well, yeah, I'm not. I've—I don't use. Um, I mean, I should have the mobile phone and the laptop, but I don't tend to use... I don't use the Google and I don't use the... You know, a lot of pilgrims now, whereas one time, you know, you see people with guidebooks and yeah. GPS. Um, um, but now it's all these... They've got everything on the phone, so... And I don't, I don't use that either, the yeah. Google Maps. But when I'm with my family, with me, like the last walk I did was with my daughter in 2019 uh, when she was actually six months pregnant and we did we did a short shortest Camino we walked from well we flew to Toulouse then got a train to Castra and then walked back into Toulouse and then back out the other side of Toulouse to Osh Um, but she was using the the is it GPS? She was using the phone for directions and everything. Where I mean, I I just think you don't really need it, but I suppose it's good backup. And if you if you know how to use it, and more increasingly people can use it, then fine.
0: Yeah. yeah, and you're following the red and white stripes in France, aren't you? Not the yellow arrows. Yeah, the yeah the um, the GR routes. Mm. Yeah, yeah, always, yeah. Always,
1: There's always quite a lot of um, yeah quite a lot of shells. I mean, yeah, right though in France the. The, the routes do tend to follow the the GR routes. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I have actually walked across France twice. I walked from I walked from Geneva down to uh, Le Puy, wow, and then from Le Puy right down to Saint John. And actually, that was in two trips. One trip was Geneva to Le Puy, and then I walked from Le Puy down to Saint John. Uh, but it's probably about six weeks six weeks walking. I, I reckon on a hundred a hundred miles a week. Um so it's probably that's probably about must be about six hundred miles. And the other time was from Arles, which is a beautiful city in the south of France, and then walked through the Camargue um and then
0: over into Spain through the Somport, the Somport Pass. I imagine you've probably seen a great deal of change on the Camino in 21 years.
1: Well, I have. I mean, interesting. That is a good point because I think the the change probably is on on the Camino Frances. But so when I did the Camino Frances back in 1999, um, I mean, obviously since then the numbers have ex have, ex, have exploded, and, and um, maybe I, say, I was going to say, unfortunately, I mean. I think too many people focus on the Camino, the Camino Frances and, um, you know, that there are a lot of other, a lot of other routes and uh, to, to Santiago, a lot of other places that you can, you can walk. Um, but it was a couple of years that the, the route, the northern route actually joins up with the Camino Frances for the last couple of days. And it was noticeable that we, we as, was, as the, the northern route joined over the Camino Frances, it was like, it was like a motorway, just the sheer number of, yeah. sheer number of people. So for the next two days, it was just really, I would say, like just throngs of people walking, which is good um, as well, because, I mean, there's obviously some, uh, when you're walking on some of the routes, I mean, you can go days without, without actually meeting anybody or without, Mm. without bumping into anybody um I mean it's one one reason why I want to go back and walk the the route up from Seville oh. uh, because it's a re- really lovely walk and it, but it's it's quieter you don't meet as many other other
0: pilgrims so so you, um, you, you, I, suppose. I, I I suppose the interesting part about that is that you um didn't enjoy walking on your own. Uh, in that you know after your 50th birthday in those first 11 days walking across the meseta <laughs> and, and yet here you are here you are sort of thinking oh, where will i walk next and i might head off so you don't mind walking on your own now well i didn't do and uh, i have done weeks being walks on myself but my family
1: um had a, an illness when in 2014 um well, it was this, this viral encephalitis it was, and uh mm. I was basically I was in a coma for about eleven days and uh my family are pretty reluctant i've got four children, and uh I think they've come to some sort of agreement now that wherever whenever I go, they'll make sure that one of them ah, one of them is with me. How lovely um so that's so that is very nice I think they were worried about me maybe getting ill. Somewhere when I was by myself, but um, but I don't mind being by myself for for walking during the day. But what I really love is in the evening um, when you can meet up with uh, other people and enjoy a glass of wine and some nice and some nice food. And it is always nice if you've got people there who um, maybe from other nationalities who you who you've not you know who you've not met before and just sharing sharing experiences with them yeah and the big difference there is that they're not talking about if you meet people here they want to talk about what you did in work or um that's you know where where you live but but people you meet on the camino i mean everything's first name so you just remember people by the first name and um you don't remember them by what the profession is what the job is what they've done in life um it's just more about where they're walking to. you might you might say oh there's such a body they're walking uh they're walking to burgos so there's somebody they're walking to uh, salamanca but they, they, they started off and so you get to, to remember people in that way rather than um anything else about the person
0: yeah and and i think that's fantastic that you can just take them on face value there's a great a great sense of uh ease because you're able to just say oh there's there's Peter, or there's Sean, or there's Dan, you know, it doesn't matter what they did. I think that's fantastic. Hey, I want to talk about some of the content that you've produced on the YouTube videos. And you mentioned, uh, one of them is about Caminos, I suppose, less traveled. Um, So take take us through how did the YouTube videos come about? And, and you might just talk about that one, um, where you talk about the Caminos that are perhaps not as popular as others. Well,
1: the the reason was the um, because I had in, I had planned to walk in two thousand and twenty. I had planned to walk, and it was actually one that I'd done before, but with a group of a group of friends from Porto up, up to Santiago. Um but the obviously because of the pandemic, we were going to walk in May 2020. Um so that was cancelled. Mm. So I started looking at YouTube's myself. Um and uh I thought that the, in the main there was too much focus on the Camino Frances and maybe also that they were mainly done by younger people. Um, and I thought that some of them were pretty inaccurate, that they, that they, were, they were making comments that in some ways I thought were, we're, not, we're, we're unsafe either. Really. I mean, I remember on one, um, in one YouTube, some guy saying that he didn't need to carry any water. Uh, because you could get it so so frequently and so often and with such regularity, now that may be true on the Camino Francés now, but I think it's a very dangerous thing to say to somebody. I'd always say you should carry water, uh, and certainly if you're walking on somewhere like the uh, Via de la Plata up from Santiago up from up from Seville, uh, when the weather can be very hot, um, you would actually be it would be dangerous to walk mm. without carrying. At least, I'd say at least two liters of of water. So that's why I decided that I would do um, some YouTubes, um, just because I hadn't the opportunity to walk myself, and uh, I thought that I could actually provide some uh, useful information or reasonable information, but also show that somebody of um, my age, that you know the world is not just about young people that just as we get older. Uh, people shouldn't write us off um that we still have a lot to we still have a lot to offer and uh, old old people can get on with it and do it <laughs> and i think it's good that older people try something new as well so i mean some people sort of laughed at me when i said i was going to do a youtube um so i think that uh, I think it's more or less saying that's for younger people, and uh, so I think it was. I think what I try and do is do something different, and um, I suppose to uh, this change that's going on in the world. If you want, to become part of it, and then hopefully stay stay younger in uh, outlook on life, and obviously hopefully stay stay
0: fitter as well. So, so that was the reason
1: for the YouTubes.
0: So you've presented these videos. One of the, one of them, as I said, was about Camino's less travelled. Tell us about the Seville Camino. Um, what's it called, and and how far is it, and and, and where do you stay? Well,
1: it's called the Vía de la Plata, mm. and it's an old Roman road. And it was originally um, Seville was a port, and um, it's not. Obviously not now. I think the port is now Cadiz. But the Romans, what they used to do is they they would be in Seville. And they then march north to Astoria, um, where all the mines are. So they'd mine all the mil- minerals in northern Spain. And then go back down the Roman road, back down to Seville. And obviously before then returning to Rome. So before it was a pilgrimage route, um, it was a, a Roman road. So all along the route, uh, you've got these uh, Roman uh, mileposts for the Roman mile. And there are a lot of towns which have very strong uh, Roman connections. And there's one that I'd never uh, never heard of b- before. And um, it's just gone from my mind now. I'll remember it in a, in, a in a minute or so. It was that, it's actually where the Roman centurions were buried because... Um, Obviously a lot of a lot of Spanish Spanish joined the Roman army Ro- Spain was part of the roman the Roman Empire and so all along the roman road you you can see uh, there are cities and towns which have got roman Roman connections and probably along that route is probably for me is one of the most attractive uh city on the Camino which is Salamanca mm-hmm. so on um, it took me two years to, if you want to get to Santiago, but one year I walked from Seville up to Zamora, so I passed through Salamanca. Um, but I enjoyed Salamanca so much that when I, the following year uh, I went back. I got the train from Madrid to Salamanca, and I stayed a couple of nights in Salamanca before starting the Camino again and then walking on from Salamanca, um, up through Orense and over to over to um, Santiago. Well, but, but there, are, there are the accommodation is not it won't be as frequent as on the Camino Frances. So, and some of the distances between places may be a little bit little bit be a bit longer. And because sometimes you are there's no nowhere during the day to buy buy a drink or have a coffee. What you've got to do is make sure that you plan. You walk each day about where where you will be able to stop, and uh, where you'll be able to buy some some food. So that's where I, th- where I think the the guidebooks, and um, uh, are very useful and very and very informative. Um, I mean, I I, there, I suppose one reason again why I do talks and why I've done the YouTube is because I'm not um, say I'm not a very good writer. I'm not. a I would say, you know, the people who are good at writing, you know, let them, let them write. Um, I suppose I would say that. Uh, well, if I'm going to say I'm better at, you know, well, even now, suppose I'm rambling on a little bit that I, <laughs> that I, do, I do, uh, I I'm, I'm okay talking. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. so stick to what, <laughs> stick to what comes,
0: uh, stick to what comes e- easier. <laughs> In another video, you talk about nine problems on the Camino. I don't want to talk about all of them um, because we want people to go and have a look at your your video. But you talk about poor planning. Now, I've talked here before many times about spreadsheet pilgrims, and I kind of wonder <laughs> about pilgrims who plot every day and every step and everywhere they're going to be. Now, I understand on the Camino via de Plata that you're going to want to you're going to want to know exactly where you're going to go so that You can, as you say, plan it. But you say poor planning can be a problem on the
1: Camino. Well, I think that's it if you, um, I mean, maybe using that Via de la Plata as an example, that if you just um, leave your accommodation in the morning, you've got 25k to walk. And, uh, you know, after a few k, you realize there are no shops on your route. uh, There are no bars. There's nowhere to get a coffee. Um, so you know that you've no no way you can get any water. So I think I think it's maybe that aspect of it that you're just looking at yeah. the what the terrain is going to be like, uh, where the, will, will there be places that you can stop and have some food. So when I say I don't mean to over over plan it. And again, I suppose one of the reasons why I say where I'm going to be each night is because um, if family or friends are joining me. So if I'm walking for four weeks. Somebody might say, "Well, I'll join you for this week," so I I need to tell that person where I'm going to be. Yeah, but um, if it obviously, if I wasn't doing that, then um, you know, it could be more of a free spirit and just walk as far as far as I want to walk that day, and then stay. And if I find a nice place to stay there, stay there then. Um, But where I've usually been in a position where I'm meeting other people, so I do need
0: to be clear about where I'm going to where I'm going to stay. Is it always easy for your family or friends to find you? I mean, sometimes you're in little tiny towns. How are they going to get there to meet you?
1: We've not had any mishaps um, up to now. And because I'm saying exactly where I'm going to be, I suppose they've got to do a little bit of planning. They've got to look at where I'm going to be and whether it's on a rail route, whether it's on a train route, a bus route, uh, how far it is from an airport and then so, I mean sometimes it may well be that they've got they've got a little bit of a journey as well that they might fly somewhere, then have to get a train, right. then get a bus, then get a then get a taxi. Uh but what they usually do is try and usually meet up with people in the it's usually like in the evening. Um so I'm walking into a particular a particular town and they, they've got to try and get there, knowing that I'm not gonna hang around there, I'm gonna stay there the night, and then uh, walk on the the next day. And I, I've just remembered the, the old Roman town on the Via della Plata. Uh-huh. It's called Merida. 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 And uh, it's a fascinating time, because when you actually walk into it, it, it is honestly like walking into Rome. There's so much Ro- Roman uh, architecture, amphitheatres, statues, um, and this was the home of the um, Roman Roman centurions. That's where they retired to. Um, so I just throw that in because I've mentioned it earlier.
0: Yeah, how fantastic! <laughs> Married, yeah. You say in another video that the Camino never ends. Uh, yeah, um, right. Well, the, the story behind
1: that was um, was walking in France with um, with two of my kids, a son and a daughter, and uh, we could smell the tobacco. If you want in front of us so we knew there was somebody up front um having having a smoke on the on the journey and uh we were in a, in a like a wood of forest and then we came across this guy who was uh, sat down in front of a in a tree um having a smoke uh, so we got chatting to him again like the usual talk about where we were going to um where we'd start where we'd started off and what other where else we'd walked on the Camino, and this chap was called. Uh, it was a French guy called David, and uh, he was him who came out with this quote. He said to us, uh, "The Camino never ends," and uh, that's, if you want, that's where where it started um, from. From that, so in in our family, and we say that quite quite a lot. The Camino, the Camino never ends. And I suppose what I suppose what a good example of it is obviously now is with the the pandemic, that the numbers in 2019, I think, were something like 347,000, and they've gone down to over 50,000 in 2020. But Mm. I still find it remarkable that 50,000 people managed to get to Santiago in 2020. I mean, obviously, a lot of them Spanish. But I think it's just saying that the Camino bounces back um, from, like, say, the Spanish Civil War, from... Pandemics, um, from the Protestant Reformation, from wars in Europe, and the Camino still still with us, and I think it's for that for ourselves as well. Again, it's lightening the Camino to a journey uh, that we might have good years, bad years, but um, keep you know that our own personal Camino uh, doesn't end. Yeah, and you take a bit of it home with you too, don't you? You do take it home with you and I think I like the thing that it becomes part of your life as well that people become I like think what you like this kindness this um and not and not being too that interested in what people in people's profession in where where people work and I mean it senses I mean probably in, I think in, in England in particular seem pretty judgmental uh based on what people do in life so what size car they have and what where the house is, um, whereas I think I think it's more about thinking about the the person, the person themselves trying to get to know, trying to get to know people. Uh, so it does become a bit of a. And I think another thing that I like from it is this thing about the eating. When um, it's nice to eat. Uh, maybe in England we moved away somewhere from eating around a table and eating together. Mm. And I think that the, the a lovely part about the Camino is that. Um, you know, you walk all day, and uh, you then have a have a shower, and then meet up with um, in the albergue or in a, a local restaurant uh, and eat together. So I think there are there are those parts. That, and for me, another part was this about well, on the Camino, so I never I never watch any TV, or never read a newspaper. Um, so I think you know. At home again, it's trying maybe maybe to watch less TV, don't read as much um, rubbish, and maybe talk to people more than more than that. Unfortunately, now I mean a lot of young people over here they've got the the phone in the hand. So I've, yeah. I've got three grandchildren, and they've all got these little gadgets and looking at looking at TikTok and um, <laughs> <laughs> I, try, I try and try and <laughs> try and encourage them to. Put them
0: to one side and uh, have a a chat instead. Yeah, good on you. Um, Good on you. I think that's fantastic. Another one of your videos deals with pilgrims versus tourists. And I read somewhere a quote, and I'd I'd kept it sort of in my files for for this very day perhaps. It said, a tourist gets tired and tanned while a pilgrim sparkles with spirit. (laughs) Isn't that great? (laughs)
1: It is, yeah. I think the I think people are. Um, I mean, obviously, the first people to walk the Camino were were all pilgrims. Well, I mean, it's when, as you say, when it started in eight fifty, uh, people were <laughs> people were not tourists; they were all pilgrims. So, i well, it's more recent um, that maybe 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 since the nineteen eighties that people could be regarded as as tourists. But I think a lot of people who start. As tourists, and I probably for me it was probably I was probably a tourist, or it was an adventure, uh, you know, like the thrill of doing a long distance walk. And I suppose it's that people gradually, maybe people over time become become pilgrims, mm-hmm. and in 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 their outlook and the the spirituality um, of uh, the therapy, as you say, maybe they become become more important so I think what I was saying well, I was trying to say it, it, in one way it wasn't that good a title because it's not Pilgrims v tourist is it not I think it's this change that it was Pilgrim then it has become more touristy and a lot of people are a bit sniffy about um, about that maybe, maybe older people to younger people the fact that younger people maybe not respecting it as much that maybe I don't know maybe they drink too much whatever they see it more as a pleasure um, but I think, I think it's, um, I, for me, the more people that walk the Camino, the better, because I think the Camino brings out good in people. And I think uh, the point that you were saying about bringing the Camino home with you is a good one as well. The more you learn about people from other, uh, from other countries and the more you mix with other people from other countries, the, obviously the more you realize that we're all the same. And, uh, there's, there's a danger, isn't there? I mean, certainly a danger now in this country because we've we've left the EU. The people become more insular and uh, not as welcoming to people from other uh, from other countries, from other backgrounds. Yeah. So, I mean, one of the great pleasures is just that meeting. Like I say meeting people from Australia, meeting people from hmm. from Canada, meeting people, well, you say, from Mexico, from all, all over the world. Um, you meet different people.
0: I know a lot of Brits were hoping to get to the Camino this year. Indeed, a lot of Australians are now thinking it could be two or maybe even three years before we are able to travel overseas. What's the situation now for you in the UK?
1: Well, one of the things where we've been very lucky is that we've the vaccine rollout in this country has been has been excellent. Um so I've actually had uh, to i 've had the vaccine now i 've had the two injections, and so that does give you a lot of safety and We can travel from may the seventeenth right um, at the moment we're not we 're not allowed to leave the country before may the seventeenth but after may the seventeenth then travel is opened up now it obviously depends on whether we can whether Spain or Portugal you know whether they're welcoming people, but I book flights from Manchester to Madrid. On August the sixteenth. Oh. Um, so if if all's well, then I will fly to Madrid in August, uh, and then go make my way to Ferrol, and do a short Camino, a six-day Camino on the what's called the the English Way. The, yeah. uh And but I suppose it's, I mean that's one of the benefits, I suppose, of living in in Europe or in England that you can actually book these. You can book a and also the flights are not that expensive. Obviously making a making a trip from Australia it may be maybe more of a once in a lifetime visit. So it may be better to wait until mm. until things are a bit a bit better, a bit
0: clearer. Yeah, um, and certainly a bit more assured. Um because yeah, you don't want to yeah. spend all that money and then be told that you can't go. Um and things are changing no, all no, the that's time. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. But but I imagine yeah. there are some beautiful walks in your neck of the woods in northwest oh, yeah. England, yeah? There are, yeah.
1: Very underrated. I think um like parts of the northwest of England, but what we call the Lake District. Um a you know, really beautiful area for for walking in. And uh, I'm just planning to do a walk now in I think it's May the tenth. I walk up um at one of the highest mountains in England which is called Helvellyn which is in the English Lake District. So I mean I'd certainly recommend the Lake District in England uh, for if people wanted to come to England uh, you know they might be, they might not be aware of uh, some of the lovely walking that we do have yeah. over over here.
0: Yeah I I'd love to do the the top to the bottom of of Britain I'd love to do that big long walk
1: <laughs> yeah um yeah i've i've i have read where people have done that i mean the one that that I have done is the what's called a coast to coast so i've walked from um the, starting in the west the on the west coast in saint what's called saint b's and then walking across and it's about two hundred miles across to what's called Robin Hood Bay or Whitby, and that's about two two weeks walking. And that is a fantastic walk because it's, you walk through the English Lake District and you walk over the Pennines and then into the Yorkshire Moor. So if anybody is thinking about like a long-distance walk in England, um, then I'd recommend it's, it's just called the Coast to Coast um, Walk. And if you uh, Google Coast to Coast, yeah. you'll find lots of information on it. Where do you stay? Well, there's um, um, you can stay out. Probably staying when I when I first did it, I stayed in youth hostels. Oh, well, a lot of the youth hostels now have been sold off. Sold off, so it could be a mixture of youth hostels, and um, and small, small, um, small hotels. And I don't mean big hotels. I mean you know, like small, small hostels. So again, I suppose it's like the Camino in northern Spain. a loss of accommodation. Has has grown up around the around the roots, so a lot of people because because so many people were doing the walk, people um, people provided accommodation. But there are companies again in um, which may be easier for somebody from a distance and not being familiar with familiar with the area. There are companies who will boot the accommodation ah. for you, and people again like similar like to the Camino. And companies who will carry your, your baggage as well. Um, it is actually it's tougher walking than walking on the Camino, um, like the English Lake District. So I know we've, I know they're probably only about a thousand meter high the highest f- um, fells, but um, it, you won't be able to walk as far as say you can do on the uh, on the Camino. So it's you've got to be better prepared for the. For the terrain and you would need walking boots whereas i think a, a lot of so the camino routes you don't need uh boots you can you can manage with t- trainer type yeah footwear.
0: yeah yeah but yeah. i'd
1: certainly s- say to anybody if it's only a couple of weeks walking in england then the coast to coast um, is good and a lot of these f- firms will arrange your accommodation
0: for you oh sounds fantastic it's great to talk to you sean and I'll tell my listeners where they can find you as we finish. Um, I've thoroughly enjoyed talking with you, and I hope our paths cross one day. Thank you for taking the time to talk with us. Buen Camino. Okay, thank you. Thank you, Dan, and good good luck, everybody. Buen Camino. Buen Camino. My guest this week was Sean Gallagher. Sean has a collection of videos on YouTube. It's as easy as Googling Sean Gallagher Camino, and they'll come up. We're slowly but surely emerging from the pandemic crisis. You and I can feel the freedom looming, as they say. It'll be an opportunity like no other. Imagine the joy of finally getting back to the Camino. It'll be joy on another level. Taking the opportunity to have a good look at ourselves. A chance for slow reflection. Finding peace. What a blessing. What a miracle. What a journey. What a pilgrimage. There's a great quote from Thich Nhat Hanh, the Vietnamese spiritual leader, poet, and peace activist. He said, the miracle is not to walk on water. The miracle is to walk on the green earth, dwelling deeply in the present moment and feeling truly alive. I hope this blessing, such as it is, finds you in full bloom. Until next week, I'm Dan Mullins, Buen Camino. Somewhere along the way, somewhere.